was wondering what Lisa was doing with that mustard bottle. She's hiding in my desk. I was like, oh, I don't need that mustard. <laughs> no. Well, man, I am excited to be here today. Um, this has been, uh, I've been on the books for a while, but uh, I was thinking about praying and believing what to speak, and I had to think about all this, this summer. Um, we've had a full summer of children's ministry here. Summer's always big for children's ministry. And, um, I was just praying, oh, God, what is it that you want me to speak of? God, I, I just I try not to do my own thing, try to let God lead me. That's a good thing. And uh, I said, okay, God, you got, you got a thing. You did begin to bring back all this summer, all that we've done, um, music camp and summer camp. And if you don't know, Christy and I, and the Swords and Jewish, were asked to speak at a camp this last summer. This last, uh, this summer. It was an all-girls camp there in Lake View. It was right after our, the kids' summer camp that we took our kids to. And uh, their theme was fearfully and wonderfully made. And I thought, wow, you know, it was all girls, and they wanted us to build and encourage. So we had uh, an incredible, but then I got to think, you know, it's funny how God put that theme that the director gave us that thing way back when they asked us, before the summer even started. And I got to think of how that theme just kind of ran through our whole summer. I mean, our music camp was like that. Our summer camp even had a lot of that thing, you know, and it's a pretty common thing in children's ministry to talk about what you were created. And then I thought, you know, what a, here at the chapel, we like to talk about two things a lot. A lot. If you don't know, and that's your identity and blessing. So today we're going to smack you with both of them, all right? So get ready, because uh, today is the day we want to talk to you about, uh, I, I, I just tell you that you are. Fearfully and wonderfully that you are. And so let's pray. And I just want to ask God to speak to you today. And as we pray here, I just want you to just prepare your mind to receive and open your heart to receive God's word today. Heavenly Father, you, Lord God, are everything to us. You are the most important thing in my life. And God, today is your day, a day that we've come to surrender to you, a day that we've come to worship you. And God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you're a part of this day. Now speak your word. Let your word speak to us. Change our hearts. God, not to cover it up, but God, let it change us. God, let your Holy Spirit welcome you to have liberty and freedom among us. And I pray you're anointing in all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I was a kid, I like to tell those kids way back when I was a kid, back in my day. I say that to my kids all the time. Uh, we had cassettes. Anyone remember those? Little cassettes and I saw someone on Facebook the other day. They were trying to get their kids. How do you listen to it? And they were trying to plug things in and push buttons before they didn't give them the cassette player. But I had this little cassette player there, a cassette that we got for Christmas of little kids' songs. And um, we had our little cassette player and pushed it and played it. And one of the songs that I remembered was this song called He's Still Working on Me. And uh, it goes, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. Yeah. And the only reason I know that song, well, I listened to it forever when I was a little kid, but when Kelsey and Cameron came along, and there's little baby Kelsey, our first one, and guess what song? Hit me when I was rocking in that rocking chair, my little baby. He's still working on me to 
made me what? I sang that over and over, and that was my song that I sang to my kids when I would rock them to sleep. And Kelsey was the night owl, like me, so that was a lot of singing late at night. <laughs> He's still working on me. But that song just resonated as I was thinking of this song, thinking of this camp in the summer. God's still working on us and who we are. Sometimes it's a way we think, God, oh, it's just an instant thing, or wham, oh man, it's just boom created. But today, I want you to realize there's some things that God is working on us. He's going to make you what he wants you to be. He has a purpose. He has a plan. He has a value for your life. No matter what stage you're in, if you're the little baby who's rocking in the rocking chair with their dad singing a song, or maybe you're the patriarch of the family. God has a purpose. God has a plan for you today. So, the key verse today that I want to use as our theme is Psalms 139.14. And this is, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Listen, today, I want you to know you were made purposely. But I want three areas that I believe you were created for, that you were made for. Three areas that I want to focus on today. And I hope this... Uh, encourage you. I hope this will empower you. I hope this will speak to your life today. But number one, you were created to have a relationship with God. Now I'm just going to say something that I hope doesn't shock your world. I hope it doesn't get me kicked off this stage and, you know, whoop, revoked as a pastor for life. But, but hear me on this. Get ready. Jesus did not die on the cross just so you could be free from sin. God's motivation for sending his son Jesus to die on the cross was not to just remove you, uh, to remove sin from your life. <laughs> the room sucks up the air, you know. Oh my goodness, Pastor Keith, what are you thinking? Ever since we were kids, that's what we've been doing. Ah, ta, ta. But listen, the whole motivation that Jesus sent his son was so that he could have a relationship with you. That just resulted that he had to take care of sin first. And if, here, listen, if all you experience is just the forgiveness of sin, you've got a speck in your life of the greatness and the relationship that God wants with you. It's just the speck of the fullness of who God is in your life. Just being free from sin is just the beginning. You see, he died on that cross so that he, God, his son could be in relationship with you. And that meant that he had to free you from sin. Because obviously sin separates us from God. Sin, trust me, this is where it's right. We have to get rid of sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin equals death. God equals life. That's the basic back in there. Listen, sin, obviously we have to get rid of it. That is not the motivation of why God sent his son. That was, the, that was the job it took to achieve the motivation. And his motivation was so that he could have a relationship with you. You could have a relationship with him. Think about it. Think about Adam and Eve way back in the beginning. The whole thing was that he could be in a relationship with Adam and Eve in the garden. He walked with them, talked with them. Old hymn say, it seems. Uh, listen, 
It was so that you could have a relationship. It was when sin came in the world that then they were cast out. The original purpose was that they were supposed to be in a relationship with God. You think in the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice animals. They had to go into the Holy of Holies and they had to present. Only the priest was able to go into the, the presence. All along, the theme of the whole Bible is not forgiveness of sin. The theme of the Bible is a relationship with God. Amen. Even into the temple and the tabernacle was always the presence of God. Being with God is his desire. Think about heaven. He's not creating a place in heaven just to be free from sin. No, he's creating a place in heaven so that we can be with him. In your life today, listen, he wants to be with you. Christ's death on the cross made a way for us to be in a constant relationship with Christ. Let, let, let's look a little bit at the story of the, of the death of the crucifixion that we hear. Uh, Matthew 27 Chapter, we'll start in verse 50. It says, And Jesus, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple, that was the curtain that was the Holy of Holies. Only the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God was at, that curtain separated people from the presence of God. But when that, that moment, when Jesus died, the curtain of the temple was torn from uh, in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook. The rock split, the tomb broke open, the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Ooh, think about the light that comes from the presence of God. And those people said they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and they went to the city and appeared to many people. It's something we don't always think about. Hey, there was people raised from the dead when Jesus died. The, the key part there for that sermon today is that that veil was broken. That veil that separated, is that that moment that Jesus came? That then we no longer have to go to a priest. We no longer have to sacrifice an animal. We no longer have to do that. When we come to Christ and we accept him, it gives us access to the presence of God. It gives us access to the relationship of God. There's a big word called omnipresent. God is omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at all times. We have access to him at all times. James 4, 8 says that he will draw near to draw near to me and I will draw near to you. God will draw near to us. He wants to be with you today. You were created to be in a relationship with God. Not just a forgiveness of sin relationship. No, a relationship. You were created for that purpose. That's what we were created for. You were. Sometimes we always want to think that God is this big lightning bolt in the sky ready to stomp us down. No, that's not what God is. He's looking there. He's like, man, I want to be with you. I want to be with you in the good times when you're celebrating life. I want to be with you when you're, you're hurting and you're sad and you're depressed. I want to be with you through every moment of your life. God longs to be with you. He created a plan and a purpose so that you could be in a relationship with him. Isn't that good to know? Just stop and think, God wants to be with you. Have you ever been with someone that just, they don't, they don't really want you around? Oh, not too many. But that's a kind of awkward situation, isn't it? It's kind of uncomfortable. Listen, 
But God is not, he wants, he loves. I always like to go to my grandma's house, you know what? Grandma got excited when I came in the door. Grandma was like, we're at the picky jar, taking you there, baby, because she was there. They had, my kids, I think, would rather be a Christian's parents sometimes than I think ours. They, they, they look for opportunities. Why? Because grandma and grandma want them to be with them. Listen, that's how God is with us. He wants you to be with them. If you don't know Jesus today, today's the day. Make it this moment. If all you know is salvation, then come on, take it a next step further. Take it another step further in your life. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. The second thing is you were created for more. Brianna used the word, I'm going to steal it from her. She used this word called extra. God is extra. I stole it. Sorry. I give you credit. I mean, God is extra. Think about it. Look at his creation. I mean, he created the heavens, the stars. Ever watch things, those science shows with the stars and the planets? And, you know, you used to think the earth and our solar system, and now they're thinking that, my word, we're just a speck within whatever God created the solar system. All the way down to the microorganisms here on earth. Think of how he created even our bodies to function. I mean, amazing stuff. God created... Have you ever been to, have you been to Niagara Falls? Anybody here been to Niagara Falls and seen how, that's extra. Have you been to Grand Canyon? I remember as a kid thinking, oh, we're going to go, and there's going to be this little hole in the ground. No, it took us a day or two to drive around it. It's huge. I mean, God doesn't do anything little. He, let me think about, have you been to the Grand Tetons? I, 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 I'm not just Sunday, but I want to travel more beyond just America. But I, I, I mean, think about the deserts, to the mountains, to the ocean. Let's see you today. Um, listen, God created. He's a God of extra. Think about heaven. Have you read about heaven? I mean, heaven is going to be extra. I mean, the gold that we're all so proud of. He's just going to use that. <laughs> but the jewels that all you women are so excited about, guess what? Those are just going to be the walls. He's a God of extra. He's a God of, think about, think about this. Think about the miracles of God is here on earth and Jesus is here on earth. He healed the cripple. He healed the blind. The guy walks on water. How many of you can walk on water? He was a God of extra. I mean, to me, that's mind-blowing to think about. He is a God. God doesn't do things subtle. He doesn't do things little. Look, look at 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. He lavished lifestyle. God doesn't do things small. He does things Big. Guess what? You were created for more because God created you. And God doesn't do things little. He doesn't do things just, you know, for nothing. There's another old song that we sing with here. God made you, the rusty old tin can lying in the sand. God doesn't make junk. God created you 
for more and to be more. God created this all around. Look at his word and his creation declares that he's a God for more. If he did that for a measly tree and for a hole in the ground, how much more would he do it for you? He did it for you. But listen, when blessings come to our life, those blessings more and more comes great responsibility. We like to talk about blessings here. And I like to be blessed. And I've been blessed. I have been blessed. But listen, when we have that blessed and we have that more in our life, it comes with a great responsibility. We have to guard our heart so that when that blessing comes, it doesn't separate us from God. See, sometimes we have a tendency to more in our life. We are Americans, right? We like, Americans like things that are more. America is definitely a country of more. That is without a doubt. Texas. We like things big. Boom, big in Texas, American. We like it. We like things that are a little over the top. But listen, and it's okay. It's okay for us to have those blessings. It's okay. God wants us to have those blessings. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to have more and be a person of more. But listen, as those blessings come into your life, it's important that you recognize how to handle those blessings so that you can have that more. You know that new job that you've got? Is it costing you your time with God? Is it costing you your time to attend your church? That raise that you got, you got to keep up, keep pushing, give you more. Maybe it costs you your character. Your kids have been blessed with great sports and athletic ability. But is it costing you your time with your kids? That new house, that new car, is it costing you your finances? Costing you where you can no longer... Do what God's called you to do biblically, financially. You were created for more, but listen, that more cannot separate you from who God is. The very thing that God gave you could be the very thing that is separating you from your relationship with God. You see, in Matthew 13, 22, it tells us uh, that the seed, which is the word of God, fell among thorns and it was to someone who hears the word but the worries of his life and the deceitfuls of well choke the word at making it unfruitful. The blessing or the word that comes into our life, listen, if it doesn't land in the right soil and who we are, that, that more that we were created for, then comes to a point where it's choking out the truth of who God is. It's when we shout blessings and we all ought to be blessed. And yes, we do because we were created to be blessed. We were created for more. But the thing to guard yourself is, hey, have you allowed that more to begin to separate you from what God is? Is it costing you? Is it costing you your time with who and your relationship with God? Is it costing you your character? Is it costing you and your family and your relationships? You were created for more. And that is because God is a God of more. But understand that that more has a responsibility in your life. Because listen, if we can handle that responsibility, then comes more responsibility and more blessings. The more is important. But it also comes with responsibility. So... My, my caution today is 
Take a hard look and evaluate. When you have that feeling of, why am I no longer feel what I felt with God? Why am I no longer as close to God? I've been blessed, God. God, why am, why am, I, why am I not feeling that same sense? You know, I, I, I used to get excited when it's time for the offering. I used to get excited when it's time to church. I used to get excited when I could take my kids to, uh, to, to the word and to be able to instill God's word in them. God, I don't have that anymore. I don't have that drive. What is it that's changed? It could be that blessing because you've allowed it to choke out. The word was great, but the ground that it landed on. you got to keep the priorities when that blessing comes and the more that comes. More is great. I'm all for more because I believe I was created for more. I believe you were created for more. But the more cannot become more important than who God is in our life. There's a prayer or verse that I quote pretty much every morning in the shower. I just make this my prayer. I just say, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. I think this is a bonus. It's a scripture verse. I learned it when I was in Bible quiz. I must decrease so that God may increase. When God increases in your life, then the blessings will increase. But if the blessings increase and God decreases, listen, then the blessing becomes an issue. So check your life today and let's recognize, hey, is God still the most important thing in my life? Am, am I sacrificing God for the blessing? No, we got to God be number one. Because remember, the greatest thing that God wants that we were created for is that relationship. That relationship with him. I challenge you that. Number three, and this one I, I, I love, is you are created for you were created for power. We were created that relationship. We were created more. So you might be going more power. But I, I want to look at a story. It's a crippled man by the pool. It's found in John chapter 5. And we'll start in verse 5. It says, Sometimes later, Jesus went up to the Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, man, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, the one who had been there, sorry, one who has been there, invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in the condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once, the man was cured, and he picked up the mat and walked. Now, now think about it. This, this was a pool. Obviously, I don't know. We don't have a lot of pools. We have a lot of waters, I guess, and fountain features and stuff. But this was a pool in the, the city here. Probably used place to cool people together. But this pool was unusual because an angel of the Lord would come down and would move the waters. And if the disabled person, whoever it was, would get in the water first, they would be healed. Now, Obviously, if you were disabled, you probably hung around the pool 
watching and waiting that water with great anticipation for that water to move. And then, boom. But this guy was paralyzed. And, and, I mean, paralyzed. Couldn't move. No power. He couldn't move. Along comes Jesus. All of a sudden, I don't think the man quite understood who Jesus was because Jesus comes and he's looking at the situation. Can you imagine him walking in and assessing the situation? Wow, what are all these sick people doing here? He comes up to this one guy, been there 38 years, couldn't move. To me, that just oof, blows my mind to think he couldn't move for 38 years. Paralyzed. We were watching a show the other night about a ghost boy. You ever read that book or heard that story? He's a young man that some disease caused his body to shut down, but his mind didn't. For, was it 12 years, something like that? He was paralyzed. Couldn't move, but yet he knew everything that was going on. And he couldn't communicate, couldn't talk. I mean, I just thought, how horrible. He was trapped for 12 years with his mind. Couldn't communicate. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't ask him what he wanted to eat. They couldn't ask him how he felt. They couldn't do anything. He was trapped. Eventually, he comes out of it enough. Uh, a nurse started noticing that, hey, he can move his eyes. And a little bit, he's trying to communicate. And then they eventually be able to uh, communicate through some electronic stuff. And he eventually got well enough that he can now type. And he has a computer that has a voice activator thing. And he went on to even get a degree in IT tech type. And it's an amazing story. But can you imagine being unable to move? How miserable that would be. He had no power. And here comes Jesus, and Jesus says, do you want to get well? But did you hear what the man said? He didn't say, yes, I want to get well. He said, uh, I have no one. I have no one that can help me to the pool. That wasn't what Jesus was asking. He didn't say, do you want to get to the pool? Can I help you get to the pool? No, what did Jesus say? Do you want to be well? The man was missing the fact that his power source was not in the pool. The power source came from the man, Jesus himself. He could move on his own. The man didn't have anyone to move on his own. He was powerless. And yet here was the man of great power, the greatest power, standing in front of him. And he didn't recognize that, hey, I have a source of power right here in front of me. Obviously, he recognized it quickly. Once Jesus said, you are healed, boom, he was able to move. He had power to move forward. When you come to Christ in your life, listen, recognize he's coming to give you power. Power to overcome those problems in your life. Power to be blessed. Power to, uh, to uh, move in those relationships. He gives us power to overcome. It's the power of God that you would create. To give you power. Acts 1, he says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you power to do more than what you can do on your own. Sometimes we live in insecurity and fear of moving forward and taking those risks and steps because we think, oh, I, don't, I can't do that. I can't put it on my own. 
Oh, listen, you were created for power, and it's not your own power. You were created for power that comes from the Holy Spirit that gives you that power. Think about the day of Pentecost. On that day, when the day of Pentecost came, and that's the day when the Holy Spirit came. It was a, it was a, the, the Pentecost was a, a festival, and the disciples had just lost Jesus. He had been dead, rose from the grave, he ascended, and he, they were gathered in what they call the upper room, and they were waiting on the promise that God had sent them. God sent them the Holy Spirit, great power, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. There was great manifestation, and immediately, Peter, the man who was denying Jesus earlier, before at the you know at the, the trial, he denied it three times, the guy that was scared, the guy that was hiding. All of a sudden, now he was operating by the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes out and begins to preach. And preach to a crowd of different people, different nationalities, with different languages, and they all understood. I, I don't think I can do that. I mean, I'm still here today with English, and that's about it. But he spoke one voice here. And here's the amazing thing. Over 3,000 men and women got saved at that one point. That's something he could do on his own. But he knew he was created for power, and that power came from the Holy Spirit. And it gave him the ability to do more than what he could do. And you can read continually. You can read the, uh, the book of Acts, and it tells you that disciples were used in even greater miracles than even when Jesus was here on earth. And it's not because they were doing it in their own power. They were doing it because they had the power of the Holy Spirit working in them. And here's the good news. That same power is meant for you. That same power that Peter had was meant for you. That same power is meant for you. For you to be able to be overcomers. For you to be able to do things and take... Uh, Take those risks and to be able to have a life that is successful. To be able to have a life that's not downtrodden, depressed, and worry and fearful. It is meant for you to have a life that is of hope. A life that is a promise. A life that is joyful and exciting. Because why? Because you were created for power. And that power is not your own. That power is the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And it's amazing. gives you power beyond what you can do. You see, I wasn't, I, 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 I'll tell you my own testimony, I was not the crazy wild kid that everyone thinks I was when I was a kid. In fact, it wasn't until after I was out of high school that I broke out of my shell. I was that shy, quiet kid that was the, kind of the wall hugger. I was insecure. I was a fluffy child. So I was, I was insecure, uh, uh, insecure there. Uh, my dad was not really cool about letting us dress trendy. He bought me yellow jeans, if you ever heard that story. That's pastor, he loves to tell it. I, I was very insecure because I wasn't the cool kid. I wasn't the one. There was, I was a shy white kid. And to think now that God has called me to be able to preach, to be able to share. And I've had opportunities beyond what I would Beyond who I can, well, who me? I'm just that quiet, shy kid that went talking school. The guy that went to school, boom, and left. That was me. But 
But God has used me, not, not because of who I am, I'm nothing, but because of the power within me. I was created for power. I was created for more, more power. And can I tell you, I see power for you. And this is not a lawnmower engine power. We're talking rocket ship jet engine power. It's a power to do miraculous, the power to do beyond If you're here today, maybe you're feeling tired, maybe you're feeling worn out, stressed out, unhappy, listen, you're operating on your own power then. Because when you have the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, life doesn't, it, 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 it's not a matter of being stressed out. It's not a matter of being worn out all the time. Because that means you're doing it myself. You operate with the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit within you. Listen, you—it's amazing. It's back to that more to do beyond what you can do. The greatest thing I believe God will. We don't just the greatest thing. I think they're the most. I always say this better. The most, the biggest misconception that I believe we as Christians miss is we don't tap into the full power of what God. Because we're focused on just the salvation part. But that's just a speck in the full scheme of what God has for you. That's just a speck. It's, it's important. Don't get me wrong. It's important and it's necessary. It's important and it's necessary. But hear me today. You were created for more. You were created for power. And you were created for that relationship. There's an old song. I'm not going to sing it. It's one of those days. But there's an old song, I think it may have been a poem before, but it, it, it goes with the touch of the master's hand. Isn't that old song? And it talks about, the whole, it's one of those songs that tells a story. And it talks about this auctioneer who was auctioning off this violin. And he begins to auction off this violin and he starts, who'll give me one dollar? Who'll give me two? Who'll give me three? And he's trying to auction it, and he's not getting anything, not getting a response. Finally, this older gentleman comes out of the audience and comes up, and he picks up the violin. And he begins to play it masterfully. He plays the most beautiful song with this violin that everyone looked at as nothing. This master comes up and plays it all of a sudden, the auctioneer begins, hey, auction off again. Who'll give me 1,000? Who'll give me 2,000? Who'll give me four? And he jumps it up. And all of a sudden, then, they ask, what was the difference? Why $1 to 1,000? He said, it was the touch of the master's hand. Well, you two can find that song. It's a great song. But the reality is, listen, you may think today that your work is small. You may think that, oh, Oh God, is, you know, all I can allow God to do is just forgive me of my sin. Listen, I'm here to tell you the touch of the master's hand is an amazing thing. You were created to allow God to work in your life today. You were created, don't even, you were created for a relationship with God. Not just forgiveness. Yep, forgiveness of sin is important, it's necessary, but you were created to have that relationship with He wants 
to be close to you. He wants to be close to you. You were created for more. God doesn't do things subtle. He doesn't do things little. And he's, he's created you to be big. He's created you to be more. He's created you to be extra, if we sense. You were created to be extra. Amen. Had to blame. Because listen, those blessings and all the extra God purpose for you, you were created for that. You were created for power to do more. If you're here today and you feel just by the smack you in the head, you feel down, depressed, right now, listen, that's not the life you're meant to lead. That's not what you were created for. The Bible says, we all are and all those who are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burdens are light. That's the life for you. Let's pray today. If you're here today, and that Whatever it is, maybe you're here today and you're, you need to have that relationship with God. Come to Him today. You're here today and you, you, you need something more. Listen, let God be more in your life. You're here today and you need the power. Let His Holy Spirit be part of your life. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would come and be a part of our life. God, we know that we were created for you. God, we were created by you. We were created for a purpose. God, we were created with you. God, I pray for those here today that are coming to you, God, that they would, God, receive you and receive your forgiveness, but God, that they would understand that, God, that you long, you want to be with them. God, that you want to be close to them. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just draw near to them as they draw near to you. God, if there's someone here that's in lack and someone here that's missing, and God, they need more of what you have. God, I pray, God, you be more in their life. God, you created them for more. You lavishly love us, God. I pray, God, that you lavishly love them. God, if there are those here today, God, that are praying, they're crying out right now. God, they're worn out. They're tired. They're struggling. They've been doing life on their own. They've been doing life with their own power. And I pray, Lord Jesus, God, right now, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would fill them with your power. Fill them with your anointing. God, that they, Lord Jesus, can experience, God, the rest that comes from you. The rest that comes from having your power in their life. God, that they can know the joy and the peace that comes from operating in your spirit, Lord, we pray. Now, God, we receive that today. We give you thanks in Jesus' name.